0: When it's Good Friday and your hero has died, it doesn't look like life's about to get good, does it? You, you can talk back. It's okay. All right. I don't know what they told you when you were on your way in, but uh, you, you can give me some encouragement. Sermon's better if you participate, so uh, give me some feedback. But uh, it didn't look good. But then Easter came, right? And uh, which was totally amazing. And uh, we're going to go back to the book of Acts once again today, because that's where we left off last week. Uh, last week, we talked about the resurrection and how that that started a chain reaction. Next week, we will talk about yet another chain reaction that happened after the resurrection that really propelled the disciples into a powerful time of ministry unlike the world had ever known uh, up to that point. And uh, so, don't miss next Sunday. I am pumped about next weekend, so be sure and be here as we talk about Acts chapter 2 and what happened next to these disciples. But going back to Acts chapter 1... And again, where we left off last week, verse 6. If you don't have a Bible, we'll pull it up on the screen. Here's what it says. Then they gathered around him. This is after Jesus rose from the dead, after he spent uh, a few weeks with them, we learned last week, and gave them convincing proofs, uh, Luke tells us, that he was alive Then they gathered around him and asked, uh, they still haven't quite got it yet. They said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? In other words, are you about to take over? Right? Because when your hero comes back to life, it's kind of like, hmm, the boy is back in town, right? Uh, you thought you killed him, but check it out. Uh, right here he is. And uh, anybody can raise the dead. I think he can take over the Roman army, right? Uh, I think he can take over anything he wants to take over. And, and so he said to them, verse 7, it's not for you to, now notice this, No." the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority. In other words, there's going to be a takeover, but it's going to look different than what you think. But you will receive power, we'll talk about this next week, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will, notice this word, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It's more important to be than to know, right? It's not so much important head knowledge as you do something about it. How many parents are here today? You talk to your kids, and they say, oh, I know, and I say, I know you know. That's not the point. I know you know what you need to do, but I need you to be. I need you to do it, right? And after this, after he said this, he was, uh oh, taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. So he is gone. And so they looked intently come on back, please, don't go. As he was going, suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. How many know that that's true, right? He is coming back. He is coming back back and, and so here's what they did about this because uh, you know when you, when your hero disappears again because it's kind of like, oh, man, here he is. He took over death. He, he conquered it. He rolled the stone away. He's a superpower. You know, it, it's like Avengers Endgame. You know, it's like my hero is back alive again. I thought he had disintegrated, you know. I thought, thought he was gone. Don't worry, I'm not going to spoil the movie for you because I haven't even seen it, okay? So, so I can't. But, but they joined together constantly because that's what you need to do. Until he comes back. Until Jesus comes back, here's what they did. They joined together constantly in prayer along with the women. This is kind of an interesting note that Luke puts in here because he elevates women in a culture that did not really do that back in ancient times. He says, with the women, notes that, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and His brothers, Mary and Joseph's other children, because before the resurrection, they didn't believe. Before the resurrection, my brother is a kook, all right? My brother's nuts. I don't know what, he's messed up. One time they tried to get him to come with them. They were like, just be quiet, come on. You know, we got a, we got a nice sweater here with locks on it. We want to try on you, you know. Uh, and, and so they, they wanted to, you know, get him out of the crowd. And now they believe. Now they know that it's true. Now I want us to look this morning at moving from knowing about the resurrection to living in resurrection power. How's that sound? Right? Uh, because I believe that that's what happened. They, they went from knowing about it to being something. And, and, and when you move from being a consumer to being a contributor, you break off the consumerism that we are surrounded by. Right, Because you go to the mall and you say, oh my gosh, we need that. I didn't even know they made that until we got here. (laughs) But now that I know they make that, we we have got to have that. Right? Isn't that how you go? Isn't that how it works? And and so we just consume. And and so uh, what I want us to do is understand that the kingdom doesn't work like that. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be great? If you could move from seeking to be prayed for to praying for others. Mm. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could go from feeling like I need to be taught to signing up to teach others, to minister to them. And instead of seeking to be served, to serve others see you can come full circle and and you can be transformed that that's the reason why the bible says we should tithe do you know this the the bible says you should tithe because it teaches you to put God first because it's not about the amount it's about that it's priority It's teaching priority in your life. It's not just 10%. It's the first 10%. And it's about priorities getting established in our life. And it teaches us that and teaches us to really trust God. And it shows our faith or lack of faith. Because what we're saying is, I believe that 90%, me keeping 90%, giving God 10%, he can do more with my 90% with his blessing than I can do with 100% without his blessing. And so it's trusting that relationship and put your money where your mouth is. So here's what we're going to do today is we're going to look at some things that will help us to move from just knowing, because there may be people here who you know about Jesus. You, you know gobs about jesus you know where he was born you know where he died you know things about his life you know things if you were here for the red letter revolution you know some parables now about jesus you you could talk about those to other people and impress other people with your biblical knowledge and you could maybe even throw out a greek word or something like that if you were listening real close and, and yet, it's different to know and to be, all right? So, in your notes, if you're following along, we're, we're going to look at some things because here's, here's what these people did. They got together. They got together and they stayed together and they understood that the church is not about us. It's about reaching the mission. The great commission of what he's put on our hearts to change the world. And so the first thing that you need to do in order to move into being is be planted. Everybody say that with me. Be planted. In other words, some of you need to stop going to church. Let me say it this way, stop just going to church and be the church, right? Because it's not important just say, hey, I showed up, check that off, you know. Uh, you know it, God didn't come to bring, Jesus didn't come to bring organized religion, but he did come to bring an organized body of believers, that, that we would come together as one. And in Psalm 92, uh, there's some powerful words that we're going to read in a moment. And, and some of you, I hope, uh, Psalm 92 is going to change your life. I hope that some of you, by the end of this year, Psalm 92, you, you'll look back and you'll say, you know, that last Sunday in, in, in March... No, April. What month is this? Feels like March. Um, That Sunday changed my life because I got a hold of that psalm, and it spoke to me and and changed my life. And so, instead of feeling weak, instead of feeling like a consumer, instead of feeling like i I just got to come to church and just all I can out of it instead I'm going to come and see what all I can pour into it what I can add and God's highest calling for you was never just to go to church okay his highest calling is that you would spiritually be strong and make an impact and you would love people in such a way that they would be convinced that Jesus has risen from the dead that's what he intended for you to do. So, Psalm 92, uh, pull it up on the screen for me. Here's what it says. The righteous will, or in other words, people, his people will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted. Everybody say planted. Amen. Planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. Where my senior citizens begin to shout, amen, right? Hallelujah, all right? So they'll still bear fruit, and they will stay fresh, all right? How about some Botox there, some spiritual Botox? And, And green, proclaiming, the Lord is upright. He is my rock. That's what God intends for you to be, to have a testimony of that, to be planted. And let me tell you something. Planted people, planted in the house of the Lord, they don't say, do you feel like going to church this weekend or not? Is it going to be too sunny or, or too rainy or too something? too windy, you know? You know, God's church isn't just part of our lives when we're planted. It is our life. It is our life. We get our life from it. And so some people just go to church and then they just don't ever produce you don't see them really thriving. You don't see them fulfilling the scripture, uh, flourishing and thriving. Uh, may still believe that, that in God, but there's no real passion in their worship. There's no joy that comes from their lives. There's no peace in their hearts. There's no purpose with their future. And God never intended for us to just exist for our marriage to be flat, for us to financially struggle, and to be spiritually vulnerable all the time. Others who are planted, though, they experience the life-changing power of Jesus on a regular basis. It is their daily sustenance. I mean, they don't just go to church. It is not a destiny. They, just, they bring the church with them, right? You, you, you are the church, and you bring it with you when you come. Uh, it, it's a place of life. It's not a place of religion. It's a place of flourishing and living life to the full. The church is the ecclesia. It's the called-out ones, It's not a building. It never was intended to be a building. It is to be where the people gather. And that just happens to be a building. But your life is supposed to be like a seed and and it grows and it flourishes. And, And so you've got to be planted in the house of the Lord in order for that to happen. And here's the next thing is you've got to experience the results or effects of planting. I mean when you experience this, see, because Jesus knew, okay, I'm leaving, and, and I know that this that, that sounds bad, doesn't it? You know, your hero, your superhero, because not even death can conquer him. And, and we thought, you know, healing people was amazing, but this is this tops that. And now you're back, and now you're gone. And so again, doesn't God sometimes surprise you? Does He always do what you want Him to do? Does He always do it your way? You know, and God sometimes, you know, He doesn't do it our way, because they're like, "Hey, let's just take over right now. We're we're ready. You know, you're you're fresh out of the grave. I mean, this is awesome. Uh, This is gonna work." And, and then God says, no, I think what I'm going to do is just whoop, disappear. But it's about to get better than you ever dreamed possible because I'm about to do something through you that's going to shock the entire world, right? 2,000 years later in Avon, Indiana, hello, somebody, right? It's still shocking the world because his resurrection power is still alive today. So when you're planted, here's what happens. Your roots begin to grow deep. And I don't mean deep in knowledge. All right, the Bible says knowledge puffs up. You ever been around people that know it all? Are they puffed up or what? And the Bible says that's exactly what happens. Knowledge puffs up, but, but love doesn't puff up. It serves. It puts cloth on and, and goes and washes dirty feet of disciples. And, 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 and so when we're planted in the house of the Lord, we go deep in a different way. Let me illustrate it. Jeremiah, pull that scripture up for me. Jeremiah says, they are like trees planted along the riverbank. Notice this. With roots that reach deep into the water, such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. God says, my people, I want them to be like trees that are planted by water, where it doesn't matter what the weather's like. It doesn't matter what's going on. They are strong. Now, I don't know if you've been to the Redwood Forest or not. All I've ever done is sing about it, right? Uh, I, I've just sung about the Redwood Forest. I, I've never really gone there. But, but you, you can see out in the Redwood Forest, these trees, some of them are 30 stories high. It's amazing. And, and three stories around. And then the other amazing thing about these thousands of years old trees is that the root system interlocks with the other trees around them. And so in other words, they're not only big and strong of themselves... But they intertwine their life with the life of those around them so that they're even stronger than they would be otherwise. Is anybody hearing me this morning? You see, you you may think you're strong on your own. You may think you're big stuff. You may think that, that you're so big and awesome and all that nothing can throw you. But I'm telling you, life has a way of throwing you. And what you better have is you better have a root system that's not just in you, it's not just in who you are, but it's in those around you. And as you do that, all of a sudden there's strength that comes from other people that are there around you. You see, I love the imagery. The righteous will flourish. They will grow. They'll be spiritually strong. They'll have faith. And when they're old, they'll bear fruit. They'll be fresh and green. They'll succeed. They'll grow. They'll thrive. They'll prosper. They'll increase. What's unfortunate is that does not describe the spiritual life of many people who attend church in America. We should be flourishing But instead, many are spiritually dry. We should be thriving. However, many are emotionally withering. We should be connected, but we're relationally barren. We should be prospering, but many are financially stressed. We should be fulfilled, but many are still searching for something in life that matters. And the Bible talks about there are trees that we should be like. There's the palm and the cedar that that we could be like. And the cedar is the durable, uh, strong tree. Solomon used this tree, the wood of this tree, to build the temple of the Lord. It was strong. The columns, the roof, it was attractive. It produced a pleasant aroma. The palm was a, like a palm branch. It was a symbol of victory and, and of, uh, of triumph. And, and they would use it for Olympic champions. They would give them a wreath around their head of those leaves. And they would wave them at people when they would come down the streets. You see it with Jesus even when the triumphal entry, Palm Sunday we call it, Palm Sunday because they wave palm leaves uh, to him in worship of him. And here's the thing that I think about when I think about this. I think God wants us to be people who can praise him regardless of what's going on in our lives. Because it's easy to praise him when you just got a raise. Talk to me, somebody. It's easy to praise him when your marriage is going great. It's easy to praise him when the kids are behaving and doing what they're supposed to do. But when all hell breaks loose, when everything that can be shaken is shaken, have you ever been there? Or you know somebody that has? And when the storm comes, who can praise him then? I'm telling you, those are the true praisers, right? Those are the true praisers because they're not just good weather praisers. And I don't want to be a good weather praiser. I want to be someone who praises Him all the time because I don't know about you, but whether it's sunny or it's not or whether it's cold or it's warm or whether it's this or it's that, whether there's food in the pantry, whether there's gas in the tank, whether there's anything, whether there's crops in the field, the Bible says, yet will I praise Him because He's worthy. He's already done so much for me. I don't know about you. Maybe he hasn't done so so much for you, but he's forgiven me, washed me, cleansed me, eradicated sin out of my life, took it as far as the east is from the west, and written my name down in heaven so that I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven, right? How many are with me on that? You got a reason. You got a reason to praise him. And, and see, these, these trees that the Bible uses, cedar and palm, it's kind of interesting that we were to be like that because both of them are in the evergreen family. They're always producing. They're always green. They're always thriving. Year-round, they're flourishing. And that's God's desire for you, for you not to be an up-and-down believer any longer. For you not to come in and out. And one day the mountain's on, uh, you're on top of the mountain. The other day the mountain's on top of you. God doesn't want that in your life. He wants you to understand you are more than a conqueror. Because that's who you are. Not your circumstances. It's your identity. Right? And that's bigger than your circumstances and so here's what you got to do is see your life as a seed see your life as a seed the potential to be able to grow to multiply to thrive to produce fruit a seed can only grow if it's planted Jesus talked about the seed going into good soil those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish Let me tell you something. Going to church isn't the same as being planted. When you go to church, when you're just going, you go to church and you say, oh, I wonder if we can make it this week or not. We're so busy you know, if we're not too busy, we'll go. If we're not too tired, we'll go. If I don't feel like I'm getting hay fever, I'll go. If there's no game on TV, I'll go. You know, if I if I can and if I need to be served by somebody, then I'll go. And, and all week long, there's opposition. The de- enemy throws everything in your path to convince you not to go, to not be there. Why would the enemy fight so strongly against it? Because he knows if your root system would get hooked up with other people, if you'd begin to get your root system around other people that are strong as well, that all of a sudden you'd be stronger than you've ever been before, and there wouldn't be a wind big enough to knock you down. See, that that's what the enemy knows. And so let me just mention a couple of things real practically that you could do. You could go to on-ramp. That we offer every single month. And it just talks about how you can get better connected into this church family. Now, I'm not saying you have to get in connected into this church family. There are plenty of great churches all across America. And so, if Crossroads is not your church, that's okay. We're cool with that. You just need to find the one that is and then get rooted. Get planted there. Quit flipping around, floating around, and whatever. Get somewhere. Land there and get rooted so you can be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And so we want to help you do that. Through and then, as was mentioned earlier, Matt mentioned this, we have a life group connect today. So after service, you could go, get connected with other people, sit around in a circle and, and enjoy the fellowship and friendship of other people so that one day when you need them, they'll be there. And, and if you say, well, I just don't need other people. Oh, you are going to be such an awesome member of a life group because everybody can just lean on you. Because you're so super strong, all right? You're so awesome. And you're just going to build everybody else up. And that's awesome. We need people like that. The only one who wants you, the only person I can think of that really wants you not to believe this is the devil, the enemy. Because he knows the power of togetherness. See, that's what happened to these early believers yeah, you know, they instead of scattering all at once, they got together and said we we just got to build each other up we got got to just get together and just reaffirm our faith and grow in our faith and and make sure we're rooted so that no matter what comes our way we can handle it and let me tell you something some of them were going to get incarcerated some of them were about to get beaten one of them was about to get beheaded there were all kinds of things that were about to happen to this group of people because they were followers of Jesus and they needed the camaraderie they the fellowship they needed the friendship they needed the the fellowship of other people around them and you do too your roots will produce fruit pull that scripture up for me one more time jeremiah seventeen eight. notice this it, it says with roots that reach deep into the water such trees are not bothered by the heat are worried see if you're worried you're not planted like this because he says they're, they're not worried for long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. They never stop. They just keep on going. They're like that energizer bunny, right? They just keep on keeping on. And God wants you to be like that. No matter what the heat, the fiery trial, the drought, no matter whether something's happening or it's not, you are not bothered, you are not shaken, you are not rattled, you are still producing fruit. There's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, meekness, gentleness, self-control. All these different things are coming out of you as you're being squeezed because fruit is not just for you, but when you're squeezed, it gets out on other people, right? How many have ever been inspired by somebody else's faith? Right? Somebody else that that had every reason to be bellyaching, every reason to be moaning and groaning, but instead they're praising and they're rejoicing and, and worshiping Jesus. And you're like, I want faith like that. Why can't you be somebody like that? Why can't you be someone that other people look to and discover the power of being used of God I'm telling you when you discover the power of being used of God it's like Christian cocaine <laughs> all right it really is I mean you're like I want another hit of that you know i give me some more of that uh, I need to come back next week and serve some more because it feels so good to serve him how many know what I'm talking about you know it feels so good to serve him See, I wasn't just saved from my sins. I was saved for the glory of God. And when you're planted, it changes. and I can tell it because here's here's what happens. When when people aren't planted, they'll say to me, oh, I love going to your church. And I think, okay, you're not really in yet. Until they say, I love our church church, then I know you got it, because now you're taking ownership. See, instead of you just showing up thinking it's somebody else's church that you just come to, instead you feel it's your church, and you begin to get rooted in it, You begin to grow in it. See, we, we cannot defeat. I don't know how we can think that we'll defeat the spirit of darkness and all the powers of darkness by just showing up every once in a while. Do we really think we can do that? And, and when we just, let me just go ahead and get up in your crawl a little bit if I can. When we spend more on coffee than we do to give to the work of God. Or when we spend more time on Instagram in one day than we spend in church in a whole month. See, when we are tried and tested, then it shows up in our lives because stuff that shouldn't be there comes out. And you may say, well, I tried to serve God, but it didn't work. Let me tell you something. Trees don't grow Overnight, I, I said last Sunday, "Give us the rest of this year and see what God will do. Be faithful to God and see what God will do." Let me let me just wrap this up in in stopping going to church and just be the church. Let me read a final verse. Uh, you know, there aren't too many verses. I don't know if you get off on this stuff, but I, I kind of geek out on some of these things in the Bible that, that are interesting. And one thing that's interesting is there aren't too many verses. There are some, there's, there's several, there's a few that, that are in the Old Testament and then they pop up again in the New Testament. And for me, that's like, ooh, that, that must be important. It made it in both editions, you know? <laughs> the early edition and the late edition. and and so there's one that uh, it's the scroll they used to have these scrolls of the Bible and they'd hand them to whoever's going to do the reading of the day and and the Bible says Jesus was handed the scroll just happened to be handed the scroll of Isaiah and uh, he yeah I think he probably knew uh, that was happening and he found the place where it was written and he read the passage that I'm going to read to you today. It's Isaiah 61 and it says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. We'll talk more about that next week. Because if you have the spirit of the Lord on you, like these disciples did, it'll make all the difference in your Christian life. As a matter of fact, it may be the difference you're looking for. It may be just be the thing that you've been thinking, isn't there more? And Isn't there more than this? And so we're, we'll talk about that next week. He says, the Spirit of the Lord's on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news. God came to bring good news. Jesus has come that you might have life and have it to the full. The thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If you're going to get mad at somebody, get mad, mad at the right person. All right? Who's the thief? Who's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy? And who's come to bring life? And so he's come to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and the release. He wants to release you today, he wants to free you today. If you're in bondage, that's what he's come to do. The prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow. Here's what God wants to do over you today. I pray this over you. To bestow on you a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning is what he wants to do. And to give you a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. How many want to receive that today? And, and now look at this. This, this, is, this kind of wraps it together. I, lo, I love this verse. So they will be called oaks of righteousness. A What? A planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. God said, you're not supposed to be a twig. You're not supposed to be flimsy and frail, and, and, you know, every little wind that comes, it just knocks you over. And, you know, oh, Yo, what am I going to do? Oh, what's the world coming to? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm so distraught. I need to get on Facebook and tell everybody, you know. And, and so, here's the thing. is no, that is, that is not what God, that is not why Jesus came out of the tomb. For you to be like that. Jesus came out of the tomb with resurrection power so that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead would come into you and make you an oak. And and not for your glory. Alright, not not so everybody say, Oh, have you seen the redwood forest? Oh, have you seen Craig? Have you seen Sally? Have you seen so-and-so? Have you seen, you know, uh, Robert? Have you seen whoever? No, 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 no. So that it would be to the glory of God. So that when people would say, how do you stand against the wind that's coming against you, the storm that's happening in your life? Oh, it's not me. It's him in me and it's the root system I've got. See, I've got people praying for me all the time. I've got people I can talk to. I've got people I can go to. I've got people who are on my side. And if God is for me and these people are for me, who can be against me? I know that I'm more than a conqueror. The other day I was having trouble, but I went to so-and-so, and and they encouraged me, and they kept me going, and they're praying for me, and it just fired me all up again. And I just can't help but win because of God and others on my side that's what God wants for you that's what I want for you so bad let's pray Father we ask that you'll help us today that we move into all that you have for us that we would be oaks not twigs that we'd be cedars that we would be palms that, that we'd just stay green and flourishing all of our lives maybe you're here today and you'd say Craig that's what I want for my life I want to be built up strong I've been Christian long enough now that I, I should be further down the road maybe than what I am but but I want to just do all I can to be stronger every day and not for my glory but for his glory and, and I want to be as tall as I can be spiritually speaking so that others will see the light of Jesus in my life how many join me in that prayer today you raise a hand say yeah yeah that's what I want father in heaven make us strong Make us ready. Make us able. Make us strong so that we can draw others to you. And and others would see your light while we're still praying. There may be other people here that you need to take that first step. That first step of just acknowledging the resurrected Jesus as Savior of your life. And that's what we talked about last week. That's the first step is, is saying, Jesus, I believe you rose from the dead. I see the evidence around me and, and I need it, the evidence in my heart. I need it in my life. I need you to forgive my sin. I need you to come into my life. I need that power in my life today. And if you have heard of a higher power, I'm telling you who the higher power really is. The higher power is Jesus. And if you need Jesus in your life and you need him here today, I, I just want to pray a pray, brief prayer with you and ask God to just help you do that right here, right now. How many would raise their hand? and say, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. I need him today. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand bless you how many others alright a few hands have gone up around the room let's pray this prayer church family just pray it with me say dear heavenly father thank you for sending Jesus to die on that cross for me I know he paid for my sin and I have sinned but I want to start over so wash away my past free me of my guilt liberate me and come and live in me by the power of your spirit as much as I know how I surrender all to you in Jesus name amen church family let's praise God